Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to WFAN's Baseball Insiders for Tuesday, July 5th. The Yankees take on the Pirates Interleague Series in Pittsburgh, Tuesday and Wednesday nights. And before Tuesday's game... There will be a ceremony. I believe it's a ceremony. It's definitely a bobblehead, but there's a ceremony to honor Bill Mazeroski, hero of the 1960 World Series when the Pirates beat the Yankees in seven games. A Bill Mazeroski bobblehead uh, for fans on Tuesday night. And joining me is a scout for the Pirates who happens to share the same last name. Darren Mazeroski is a scout for the Pittsburgh Pirates, the son of Bill Mazeroski, Hall of Famer and Pittsburgh Pirates great. Uh, and there's the Yankees connection I'll get into in a minute. But, Darren, what's it like for you? I know, I know you can't be there, and I'm, and I'm sure it saddens you to not be there. But what's it like for you to know that this is an event that's happening tonight honoring uh, your father in the uh, events of the 1960 World Series? I mean, it's just nice that uh, this, you know, something that long ago is still remembered so fondly in the area. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that is just really held on, held on through the years that uh, it's still remembered as one of the top moments in, in Pittsburgh sports history and maybe baseball history. So it is, it's still pretty fun after all this time. I had a chance once in 1992 to interview your dad uh, in State College, Pennsylvania. And I remember asking him some questions about, about the home run. And I remember walking away from it after the fact, thinking, boy, he's probably had to answer the exact same dumb questions that I asked him like about 5 million times in his life. Yeah. Um, what, what did you, what have you taken away from like hearing your dad talk about it or the interviews that he's done with it? And the fact that these are the thing it's, it's really the same two or three questions that people ask him all the time. It is, but I mean, it's, you know, we, the way he looks at it and always has is the, when you think about it, it's just something that is kind of a big event and everybody that asks him about it genuinely is curious to know they they don't know and it's a it's a big deal so he's just taking it as in stride you know he's never gotten tired of it it's just something that uh he 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 answers and take you know takes everybody's everybody's requests and all that because they legitimately want to know because it's such a unique experience that he you know he appreciates the fact that they're curious about it and and answers them each time all right so here's the fun part to me you were born in 1963 62 so- 62. I'm sorry. Yes. So you have no memory of this, obviously. Uh, when did you first start to become aware of your dad's place in history? And what were some of the questions you had? How did you start to really learn about this? I guess probably through elementary school, you know, when we're, you know, 
eight, nine, 10 years out from, from the event to where people would bring it up. And it was a lot fresher in everybody's memory, of course, but you know, it was always people like asking what's it like. And like everybody, you know, it's just their father that has a job and that's what he does. So I, it really didn't seem at the time to be anything different or unique, but you know, the older you get and you look back and you realize, Hey, that, that was probably pretty a little bit cooler than I realized it was at the time, but that's just kind of what he did. And it was very, really normal uh, at, at that time. All right. So listen, you were, you were a professional baseball player, a college coach and a scout uh, for many years here. So what are some of the things you've asked your dad about the kind of the inside baseball thing about the series, about the home run? What are some of the things that you were interested to learn from him? Well, <laughs> I, honestly, it's something that we really didn't talk about a whole lot. It's just something that happened. And, you know, he still had a whole career to play after that, too. So, you know, that happened in 60. He played for what, 13, 14 more years. So, yeah, it was one moment. But uh, it's just the day to day part of being a professional baseball player and just being out there. So it's not, you know, there's a lot more to it than just one hit that happened, you know, 50 some years ago. So it really the one moment didn't come up all the time it was just more the whole body of work and just being there every day and and learning you know just how to go about your business in, in that fashion what it takes to prepare every day yeah i mean you you and when you say it that way the idea of being a hall of famer too and the longevity of a career that has to come with that preparing every day what are some of the things that you learned uh learned from him about the idea of preparing every day to play probably the biggest thing was uh just eliminate the highs and lows. You know, you're going to fail. You're going to be good. You're, you're going to have good times, good streaks and bad streaks, but can't ride, ride either one too much or you'll drive yourself crazy. So just kind of keeping the even keel and approaching everything in the same way and not get too caught up in any direction. That was probably the biggest thing uh, that, that he preached and stressed and that, that stuck with me. You know, it's funny to hear that because he experienced the highest high you can in, in Major League Baseball, right? Um, a game-winning, series-winning home run, yet the idea stuck to him that you can't, you can't get too high or live off of that too much. I'm sure in the moment it was amazing, but putting it behind you quickly, is that pretty much what you're talking about? Yeah, that's it. I mean, that was it. That was great. That happened. But, you know, like I said, we've got to you still have 14 more years to play. So you can't survive on one moment for, for that long at that level. So it's just a lot more to it than, than just one one big splashy event. All right. As a guy who's uh, been an amateur scout for the Pittsburgh Pirates for um, over a dozen years now, one of the guys that you signed for the Pirates is Clay Holmes. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm wondering what it's like for you to watch his success, especially in the last 11 months or so at the big league level. It's fun to watch. I mean, it's just unfortunate. The, he just had some bad luck. You know, he got hit by the line drive on the ankle in spring training when he was doing really well with us and, and he got hurt and just, just to, just to see him succeed, you know, and because uh, he's such a, such a good, humble guy. And from where he's from and his great family and all that, just to see him have success at the major league level uh, and being able to sustain it, it's just, just really cool for him and, uh, and the family. The Pirates drafted Clay in 2011, ninth round out of high school in Alabama. What were some of the things that you saw from him then or at an early age through his minor league career that you still see now? 
the size. I mean, he was always big and uh, you know, athletic uh, at the time. He was pretty, you know, he was a good high school basketball player for uh, for the area where he was from, and just a big, strong kid that uh, that just drew the size and the strength. And you just thought that he could keep getting better thanks to the size, strength, and athleticism. And and that's that's been it. He's just taken the opportunity and, and run with it. His sinker is such an amazing pitch to watch now, uh, and it's paired with a pretty good slider too. Um, what are, what do you remember about the roots of that pitch and how you've seen that develop? Well, I mean, he was just a, a big high school kid with a strong arm and a, and a curveball that was pretty good. So, you know, the, I don't know anybody saw all of this coming, honestly. This is yeah. just 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 one of those great development stories. He just, just got into pro ball and kept getting better. But – it just goes back to basics. It's just lucky with uh, a big kid who was strong and athletic and had the chance to have some stuff. And he's, he's taken every opportunity he's had at every level with every club and, 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 and run with it. You talked about some of the bad luck. I mean, is there any lament to the fact that this didn't happen? I mean, he's 29. Is there any lament the fact that this didn't happen earlier in his career and you didn't see the full fruits of this in the organization uh, that you're with the pirates? I I'm just, I'm just glad he's got the chance. I mean, they, you, they, all you, they, I'm just lucky enough to have him drafted. Whatever happens after that, it's kind of out of your control. But uh, I'm just glad he's having success. I, I know, I know how you guys. I know enough amateur scouts to know how you guys keep score. If a guy spends one day in the big leagues or 20 years in the big leagues, he's a big leaguer. So when you get a guy who's going to be named to the All Star team, and you know, you had the same thing with Adam Frazier last year i mean what does it feel like for you for a guy who when you saw these guys at 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 the stage that you saw them in and know that they were able to push forward past all the obstacles to end up becoming a big league all-star caliber player what does that mean to you i mean it's nice it feels really good but i think the biggest thing that people don't realize is it's more than one voice and one guy that gets to let this process play out to where it has for some of these guys, you know, it's, it's a, it's a whole room full of people and consensus and all that. It's not just one person saying, yes, this guy is going to be an all-star. He's going to be a major leaguer. Just my voice is a very small part of it. Uh, You know, it's a much bigger picture, but it is nice to see. And, but that's balanced out by the fact that how many guys you're wrong on and you miss on and just don't pan out for whatever reason too. So when you, when you get a little success story, it's nice because there's so many that just, obviously don't don't quite work out how you think they will so what's the road been like for uh for the amateur scout when you have a couple of guys in your back pocket who made the big leagues but you're still out there kind of beating the bushes as uh you know looking for the next group what's the uh you know what's what's the daily grind like for you right now I mean, well, right now we're still we're still trying to get ready for the draft in in 10 days along with getting the class of 2023 put together and getting that uh, identified and kind of laid out a little bit too. So you're juggling, juggling two drafts, but you know, it's just, you know, if you get a chance to sign somebody, you're just trying to go out and try and find somebody better to replace them. Basically (laughs) just keep looking for talent. All right. So I know there's going to be some pride when you watch the, uh, there's going to be a lot of mentions of Bill Mazeroski during this two game series. And there's a chance that Clay Holmes is going to come in and maybe close out the Pirates (laughs) in one of these games. Are you you prepared to balance those two feelings? 
I don't know. We'll see what happens when I get in and watch the game on, uh, on MLB Network tonight, Eric. Just see what direction it goes. <laughs> uh, well, Darren, listen, there's a lot to be proud of for you and your career and obviously your family's career. Uh, thanks for giving me a couple of minutes today. I appreciate it. Okay. Thanks for your time, Sweeney. That's Darren Mazeroski, a scout in the Pittsburgh Pirates organization. That famous last name you know from your history books, 1960 World Series, Pirates beat the Yankees in seven games. Oh, you know what? I actually need to tell you, if you know this little piece of history, are you aware that one of the pitchers of the Yankees organization is J.P. Sears? Uh, he's won three games this year. Clay has saved all three of his games. J.P. is from Sumter, South Carolina, the home of Bobby Richardson who was the MVP of the 1960 World Series. There's always that little con- – I, I love that connection. Were you aware of that? <laughs> I was not, but that's the way baseball goes. The, the, there are connections that people would, wouldn't even dream of, that uh, when you dig hard enough, you're going to find something funny. That's fantastic. Uh, thank you again for the time here. This has been WFAN's Baseball Insiders. Make sure to subscribe and review and all that jazz. And also make sure to check out the uh, 30 with Murdy podcast on these platforms as well. I'm Sweeney Murdy for Darren Mazeroski. Thanks for listening. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.